welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. Welcome, listeners. So we would like to be the first to wish you a very happy Valentine's Day. We know it's a couple weeks away, but we wanted to talk a little bit today about love. And so Valentine's Day is about all kinds of love. There are all kinds of Valentine's cards you can buy with romantic love, platonic love, love for children, love for parents, all of that kind of love is celebrated on Valentine's Day. But today we're going to talk about another kind of love, and that is self-love. And so I think this self-love is a little bit of a catchphrase right now, and it probably has lots of different meanings for different people. So I'd love to hear from you guys, what do you think about when I say self-love? Like, what comes up for you? Right, I'm thinking about self-love hugs. There's this one Peloton yoga instructor, Chelsea Jackson Roberts. Like, yeah. but she, every almost every class she do is self-love hug. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you like, awesome. you know, you kind of, and you do one hand on top, then the other. And yeah, she's real big into that. So I hear her voice in my I head. And I think for me, a book by Sonia Renee Taylor, The Body is Not an Apology, and it's about radical self-love. That is what I think about when people use the phrase self-love. Tell us about radical self-love. Oh, God, it's been a while since I've read it. Your own internalized understanding of it. I mean, just the title of it, The Body is Not an Apology, which I, I love the title of that. I mean, I think it really, she talks about really like, deep-seated kind of shame. And really the only way around that is to start to, you know, treat yourself with like this unconditional self-acceptance, self-love, but it's also bigger than you and that there are a lot of systemic factors. We can do a book club on this like later on, but there's a lot of things that are at play that kind of go against being able to do that like successfully. There are lots and lots of factors, environmental sorts of things, systemic things that get in the way of people, I think, being able to really treat themselves like unconditionally as they would like a friend or a loved one. I think that is exactly what I think about when I think about self-love is treating myself like someone that I love unconditionally. I love that. So do you guys identify that? Like, do you engage in self-love? Do you think that you do that? Do you do that more now? Have you done that in the past? Like, I don't ever use those words in my head. Something about those words, like, mm. like it feels a little, I don't know if corny is the right word, but like some, like it just doesn't, yes, as we're talking about it intellectually, but when I'm going about my day, I think I probably like do some of these practices to like try to take care of myself and tend to myself, but that self-love, it's sitting with me kind of funny. I don't know why. <laughs> more like self-like or like self-kindness. Yeah. I have a hard time with that too. Like, I'm glad that you brought up Chelsea Jackson Roberts because like that's the only time I'll really kind of like embrace myself is when I do her yoga classes. I absolutely love her. But I don't think that it really, for me anyways, it doesn't really come naturally. I don't think it comes naturally for a lot of people. And I I think you're right. It's, It's not as easy as it sounds. And I think I would definitely say over my lifetime, like I've liked myself, like I've enjoyed my own company. I've been proud of myself, but I don't know that I've like loved myself like unconditionally. I think if anything, maybe I've seen myself more like a project, like, oh, maybe we could do a little nip here, a little tuck there, a little this, that. And then maybe like kind of like a like, not maybe a, a deep love. Okay, so I, this is just like coming in my head, so it might not be fully formed thoughts. Okay, so really relationally, especially in terms of like romantic relationships, I've really come to see love as more of like a, a verb than a feeling. 
right? Because I do feel like this idea of like being in love and having to like stay constantly in that state, like it just doesn't feel very true, right? And so I, I come to think of it more of this like thing that you do and like kind of a commitment you make. And so it's interesting to think about that in terms of like self-love. Like I can get more on board with that idea that like something like the way I take care of myself, like a commitment I make to myself, how I show up for myself. And it's like, like I love my husband, I love my kids, but they like annoy me sometimes. I can have some judgmental thoughts. Like, and so maybe that can be okay for me too. And it doesn't mean I don't love myself, but I just keep showing up anyway. Right. I love that. And then kind of like holding yourself, like the way that you kind of hold your husband or your children is yes, sometimes you're going to be annoyed and frustrated, but that's not actually going to change the way that you feel or love them. It's just that you love them and you're annoyed. And so I can love myself too and be annoyed that I'm not doing this or annoyed or irritated that I just can't whatever like it can all happen but within that self-love versus like self-judgment or self-hatred which I think so often can come up or even like that that you were saying a project right so like love then becomes conditional like once I achieve something or like arrive or do something in a certain way then I can love myself versus like no I'm going to start with that as the baseline of like I can be okay right where I am and this like unconditional kind of positive regard and acceptance and still want to change, right? Like we can hold that dialectic. But it's not affecting the way that I feel myself, feel about myself or the way I'm going to show up for myself. Yeah. Like you have this baseline of like, we're okay. So as I was preparing for this episode, I came across this beautiful quote by Glennon Doyle and it's, I have met myself and I'm going to care for her fiercely. So I've asked you guys to kind of reflect about the quote and just tell a little story about maybe how you feel like you've met yourself and how you care for yourself fiercely. So while you're kind of thinking about that, I'll tell mine and then go for it. So here's mine. Bodies of different sizes are valued differently in our society. And for my whole life, I've been inundated with messages that my body needs to be smaller to fit in, to be acceptable, to belong. Belonging is a basic human need. And if you buy into the message that only small bodies belong, you'll do absolutely anything in your power to get one. And I've done so many things over my lifetime to try to make this body of mine smaller. And I think I really met myself when I finally realized that my value is not based on my body size, that I'm not a project, I have value and I belong just as I am. And that value comes from the inside. And my body is valued because it's part of me. And so I care for myself fiercely by standing up to diet culture in my personal life. So that may look like not following things on Instagram or not looking up things or just not being on a diet can be a real like revolutionary act. And then also advocating for myself in many systems that are so based in diet culture, not the least of which the medical system. I do want to tell our listeners about your recent doctor appointment. Yes, so my recent doctor appointment, I was confronted at the very beginning of it without them looking at any of my actual information with the um, referral for a dietitian. And throughout the appointment, they recommended a statin, even though my cholesterol is fine. They kind of kept going back to this dietitian. And I, I was kind of in like shock and like a little bit of like a trauma response in the appointment. So afterwards, I wrote an email and I was like, hey, I don't know that you're informed really on how to take care of bodies my size. I'm happy to follow any recommendations you have after like the blood work has come back and you know what's going on in my body. But for now, you know, a recommendation for a dietitian is really just not something I'm interested in. Well, and they didn't even ask you what your eating was like. No, they didn't. No, they didn't really 
find out anything about what was going on. And since that time, I've actually had a good email exchange and we've kind of come to like a good, this doctor I think is new as a new resident. And so I'm kind of clear that like, I probably need to follow up with doctors that are going to be able to see me day in and day out. And this is a new person that I kind of have to see every, they rotate through this clinic every couple of years. And so I'm pretty clear that that's not going to be a fit for me, but she has been very, very sweet. She was, has been very, you know, validating saying like, I know that must really be frustrating to feel like you're not being heard and feel like you're not being listened to. And really this is more, I don't have the awareness or the knowledge to kind of tell you what to eat or what not to eat based on this blood work. Like my sugar is a little high and like, how do you do that? And she was like, I'm not trying to, you know, make your body smaller. That's not my main goal. And it was really this like, huh. And that is not something I could have done two years ago. So I thank you both for for holding me in that way. I think that that's really what I mean when I've met myself and said, hey, this is something that's really hard for me. And I'm going to have to really acknowledge that part of myself so I can advocate for myself, so I can fiercely protect myself and care for myself. And so I'd love to hear, do you well, guys that have- that's like a type of self-love. That's exactly like right. Doing. And it's uh-huh. an act, like you were saying, it's an action of like acknowledging, now I do love myself. So if I need to eat less sugar, I'm going to eat less sugar, just like I would for John or Wes say, hey, we can't eat as much of this because your cholesterol is higher because you need more protein. Like I would take care of them in that same way. Now I wouldn't say because your body's too big. I would say, because I love you and I want you to stick around and I want you to be healthy. And so it's kind of this same idea of like, how do I turn that inward and love and protect and care for myself in that way versus, you know, the shame, like you were talking about with that beautiful book, The Body's Not an Apology, that really gets baked in for so many reasons. I think so many things about bodies can be shameful. Bigger bodies are definitely something that kind of gets steeped in shame in this culture. So what comes up for you guys when you think about that? I think for me, people probably wouldn't think so now, but I like you were saying, being a self-advocate, speaking up for myself more, having sort of firmer boundaries like around things, you know, if either with certain family members or maybe former friends or whatever, like really as I've gotten older, evaluating the people that I want to spend my time with. And rather than like, you know, I should be hanging out with this person or that person because of their relationship with me or, you know, because maybe we've had a on and off friendship or whatever for years, like I don't really pay attention to the shoulds as much as I did when I was younger. And so much more vocal now and less people pleasing and pay a lot more attention to myself and what I need and what I want. And really, you know, I think I've gotten so much better at, you know, trying on feedback. And if it doesn't fit for me, shedding it and letting it go. Cause there are certain things that I know that are good for me. And maybe I get like a roll of the eyes from certain people, you know, because I go to, you know, Disney a few times a year or, you know, like I love to vacation. I love to travel. I love to do those things because it is nourishing to me and it helps with creativity and just my overall well-being. And so, you know, for those people that want to make snide comments about it or whatever, like I don't listen to it. So that is a way that I You've care like for myself. you it out and like don't have to let their opinion or truth like impact how you feel about yourself or what you do. Yeah. I mean, I think before, of course, it would like rattle me and would feel like I would need to come up with some kind of like explanation or justification or, you know, validity to like my wants or needs or whatever it is. But now I'm like, you know, it's a want or a need because it is and it's valid in and of itself. And I don't have to justify it to anybody else. 
it's almost like a framework. Cause I think, I mean, for me, like doctor visit really did still rattle me, but I was able to come back to like, like kind of this idea of like meeting myself of like, okay, Avery, we've been through this before. We know that your body size only is your body size. It doesn't mean anything else about you. And it sounds like for you, you're like, we know that you like to vacation. We know that not everybody in your life is for you. And we know that your time is limited and that you're only going to spend time now that you've met yourself. You're, you're only spend time with people that fill you up or try to. And so this kind of idea of like coming back to yourself and then from that place, figuring out what maybe you need to do next versus coming from a place of like self-judgment, taking in feedback that people have said to you that maybe doesn't fit like that really coming back to yourself and using that as a guide. Yeah. I think like similar to you, like, I mean, you know, my kids, they have very different interests and they love what they do. They're passionate about what they do. And I would hate to be critical of it or like poo poo it Mm -hmm. because they love it because they love it. You know, it doesn't have to be for me and I want to be supportive of that. And I want them to not have to justify why they like what they like. And that's why as much as I hear what you're both are saying about like the ick factor with the love, for me, that kind of pulls me online to the people that I love, Mm -hmm. that I'm like, I would never speak to John or Wes or Lucy or Jamie the way that I often speak to myself. I would never do that. I love you too much to ever say the things to you that I will say to myself. So why am I doing that? And kind of that idea of loving myself, holding myself in that love kind of helps me to get that back in line of like, oh, yeah. And to be clear, it's not loving to say, like, do whatever you want, you know, eat whatever you want. Don't, you know, go on vacation 30 times next year if you want. That's not loving either. You wouldn't tell Robert or your kids or us that either. But it's like you would say, hey, go have fun. Go do your thing. Don't do your thing because you want me to be happy. Do it. Yeah. What about you, Lucy? So I was thinking about actually last night. So went to a party with Charlotte and they had like this mom daughter holiday party. We're recording this in December. Right. But it's, you know, we're fairly new at the school and there's a lot of moms who've been together a really long time. And so often, like, I think that this is why I don't do big social situations too. Like I can get kind of anxious or feel separate and I do so much better like one-on-one. So I, I talked to some people who are very lovely, but there's like a group of people where I feel, anyway, long as short of it is, I think I left feeling very like, I don't know if small is the right word, but like like very tender, like very much like, oh, where do I fit? Where do I belong? Like what's happening? I feel a little like disconnected or like not quite part of the tribe. And that is just like, I feel like I was in middle school again a little bit, like of this, like, and no one did anything mean, right? It was just my internal experience of it. And so knowing, I think that what I have gotten better with in terms of the self-love is when moments like that happen, like how do I name how I'm feeling, like not get caught in this like overthinking or trying to fix anything, but just like, Ooh, that was hard, right? Like that was hard. That was kind of uncomfortable. And so like, what do I need to do to take care of myself? Like, how do I put words to this? And I think the context of it as well. So like, I think another thing we I'm learning is like the context that happens and like, I'm just exhausted this week too. Like it's just been busy. I think I've been seeing too many clients, which once again, you start to feel like, when am I out of sync with myself? Like, when am I you know, it's just not going to go well to begin with because like I'm exhausted or depleted, like even going into it and there's something like that. So anyway, the, being able to come home last night and be like, all right, so how do I put words to what I'm feeling? How do I go to bed early? How do I, you know, take a nice shower and get in bed? Like those things to just help tend to the feelings. I'm thinking about an email that you sent a couple of weeks ago, how that was about kind of how you tended to Addison when she was having some social concerns. And it sounds like you were able to tend to yourself the way that you 
eventually wanted to attend to Addison. We've all been there where we're like, let's go into problem solving mode. Let's do all the things. But the email was essentially that you realize that when you just said like that sucks and validated, it was so powerful. And that that's what you did for yourself. Of just like, there are all these reasons and there are a lot of things that are going on and this just sucks. And it's kind of that like hangover feeling. And how do you just like kind of tolerate the discomfort of like just feeling kind of off and maybe not your best self and that's okay. That's right. Totally. And, and I love that just like holding yourself in the same way that you would try to hold someone that you love. We've talked a little bit about how you care for yourself fiercely. I mean, certainly with me advocating with the medical institution, you kind of standing up for yourself in social situations and you tending to yourself. How else do you care for yourself fiercely? Or how do you see other people in your life or other clients? How do you engage them in this like fierce self-care, like caring for yourself in a fierce way. I think part of it, and I don't know if boundaries is the right word, but I'm thinking back to like, okay, I'm feeling like I'm seeing too many clients, right? Like, so that sort of thing. And so then like, what do I do about that? Do I just like feel it and continue to suffer with that, right? Or do you say like, no, actually I need to like make some changes to my schedule. Like I need to build and breaks during my day. I need to, you know, reduce the number of hours or or whatever. Or or if I'm going to be seeing this many clients, I need to like be sure to not schedule anything after work on those days. Like whatever it is, like how do you start to set boundaries that really kind of move the needle in terms of giving you what you need and helping take care of yourself. I love this term fierce because just as I'm thinking about this, I remember it was months ago that Wes had gone to get like an orthodontic adjustment. And apparently the nurse was not, or the person was not listening to Wes. And Wes actually came out of the appointment crying. John had taken Wes to the appointment and they came home and Wes was explaining to me what had happened and that Wes had asked for John to come back and they said no. Wes was trying to manage it in a fierce way and it wasn't working. And so I called and I was like, look, like we are not going to be seeing that person again. You need to understand that this is what was happening. It was very painful. They weren't listening. I mean, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, that was very easy for me to take care of Wes in that way, to have some fierce care for Wes. And so when I was going through this most recent medical thing, I was like, okay, if this happened to Wes, what would I do? Okay. Then we need to do that for ourselves. Like we need to stand up and like respond. So it kind of helps me to like access that of like, oh, if this is something I would do for someone I care for, it's something that maybe I, I could do for myself. What else comes up when you think about like caring for yourself or other people caring for themselves fiercely? I mean, I think like your example, like asking for help, you know, and I think probably Historically, for me, that's not exactly (laughs) been a strong suit of mine. I'm more of like a fiercely independent kind of gal. But I think as I've gotten older, realizing like the benefit that that brings to my life to just be able to ask for help, whether it's, you know, small things or big things. And when people offer, not be so quick to turn it down and say like, oh, I got this. I got this. I mean, we're again, we're recording in December and we have like hosting like a big party coming up very quickly and dear friend Megan texted and said hey you know do you need need any assistance and I didn't even think about it I just responded like oh nope I got it I've got it yeah I got it I got it all I got it just show up you know it's gonna be great and and really I do because we've already outsourced several things so there's very little for me to do but in the past she has asked me when I've thrown different functions you know do you want me to come and help and I've said yes and it has been tremendously helpful and so like paying attention a lot more now of when I need it and maybe when I can do it on my own, I think has been a really good way of caring for myself. I think another fierce act of self 
self-love is like speaking truth, which can be hard. Even the truth from like calling the orthodontist office and saying like, this was not okay or here's what happened, you know, to truth of like, here's how I feel. Here's what I want. Here's how I need. I think any of those truths can be hard. It's very brave to speak those aloud. I think about like Kristen Neff's work with fierce self-compassion and I think it's very similar, but I think it's, it's a little bit different because it's more like you're saying like an act. I think that it is often an outward act, but I think it's also kind of the way that we value ourselves, the way we speak to ourselves. I think there's that whole like mama bear thing that's kind of running around there. And I do feel mama bear towards Wes often a lot. And it's kind of like, how do I kind of channel some of that towards me? And instead of you know, taking the doctor at their word and be like, oh my God, I feel so bad. I got to go on a diet. Just be like, okay, hang on. How do we take care of ourselves? And and it requires us to value ourselves. It requires us to hold ourselves in value despite what other people might say or feedback that we might need to try on. That's that kind of like inner, like okayness that we kind of hold ourselves in. What gets in the way of fierce self-love? Thinking about like things like criticism, and judgment. If I'm saying the same thing to myself, that maybe some feedback that I'm getting says, and I'm like, oh my God, that has to be right. Even if it's maybe not. If I'm like, oh my God, I'm just so, I'm feeling so lazy. And you're like, Avery, you're really not pulling your weight. I'm like, oh my God, see, I'm so, but I'm like, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe I, I am pulling my weight. That judgment, that self-criticism, self-judgment can really get in the way. I think too, like, like when we are over-controlled, and we talked about self-discipline a few podcasts ago, but like when we are disconnected from ourselves and we're following these rules and the shoulds and the oughts and the musts or like it's not polite. You know, when we get caught in all of that, that can cause us to kind of abandon ourselves and lose touch and then not do the things we need to do that would really be taking care of ourselves. So like, I have this truth to say, but I really shouldn't. Because it might hurt someone's feeling. I mean, all the reasons, like it might hurt someone's feelings or nice girls don't say things like that. That feels a little aggressive. Or like, I have this truth inside of me that I need to see fewer clients. But oh my gosh, like people are going to be upset and then it'll hit my finances and like I really should be able to do more work. Like, and then we get caught in not making changes. Yeah. And I think like comparison a lot of times, social comparison, seeing where we kind of fit in compared to everybody else and then cause us to, like you said, Lucy, abandon ourselves, ignore our needs and wants and not check in with ourselves, but look externally for what might be right for us when in essence, we're the only ones that know what's right for us. What helps you come back? If you've kind of gotten out because of comparison or judgment, what are some things that help you kind of come back to holding yourself with this kind of unconditional regard? Yeah, I think it's uh, like tuning in to start with, right? How do we even like come back to ourselves, right? And be curious about, okay, what's going on for me? Like, how am I feeling? What's happening? Not so much in my head, because I think we all spend a lot of time with the stories in our head, but like what's happening in our body. I think a lot of that is self-compassion too. I think it's instrumental. I don't know that it actually is synonymous with self-love. I think it feels a little bit different to me, but I think that they are obviously tie in with one another. And I think that that can really bring us back to that. I'd love to end with just like a little exercise. And so, and this is for listeners and for you guys too. So if you're having trouble getting online with this idea of self-love, because I agree, there's a little bit of an ick factor of like self-love feels a little jargony. Maybe it's just the words. Like the Maybe concept just the we're talking right. about, I don't mind that at all, but it's that like label to it's it. It's the label. And I think also because it's been kind of overused, it's kind of all the way up there. So here's just a little exercise. So certainly don't close your eyes if you're driving, but if you are somewhere that you can safely close your eyes, close your eyes. And I want you to pull to mind someone that you love. 
So it could be a partner, a child, a pet, maybe someone that you're going to send a Valentine to. So I want you to pull this person with ideally someone that you love pretty unconditionally, that there's really not a lot this person could do that would make you stop loving them. And I want you to think about how you treat that being. So whether it's a pet, whether it's your husband, your child, how do you speak to that animal or person? How do you treat the body of that person or animal? I just want you to kind of think about that. Like maybe you're thinking about your cat, you just kind of pet the cat or you think about your child and you kind of comfort your child. And whatever that image is, if you really caring for that being, that's self-love. That's something if you turn it to yourself, that could be self-love. So kind of create that image for you. So for me, it's kind of like holding Wes when, when Wes was tiny. So like kind of just like comforting and rubbing her back and kind of just like nurturing. If you feel like you're falling outside of self-love, that might be a vehicle back. So kind of hold that with you and think about the things that you're doing for others to make them feel good. So you may take your dog on a walk. You may feed your children nourishing food. You may hold your spouse's hand or give them hugs and you care for them. And so just kind of thinking about how you might turn that love inward, how you might care for yourself, nurture yourself, and do things for yourself that feel really good. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Thank you.